What is poppin' party people? Welcome back to another episode of Eagles Enemies presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. I know it's been a little bit. The holidays have been crazy uh, and trying to book guests, you know, during this time is tough, but we're back. Don't worry. Eagles Enemies isn't going anywhere. I do apologize for the mini hiatus and the inconsistencies this year, but we're going to be back on track for the rest of this 2022 Eagles season. Lined up guests across the board, so stay tuned for a hardcore month of Eagles Enemies here in December and going into January, and hopefully we're talking Eagles at the Super Bowl. Uh, But we've got a fun one this week. It's a tradition like no other. My man, Danny King from Talking Giants, part of John Boy Media, is joining us on this week's episode for Eagles Giants. It's weird that it's December uh, when this first Eagles Giants game is happening. Usually you get one in September and then you come back around in December, November. Uh, but very weird that it is this late in the season that it's the first time we're seeing the Giants. Both of these teams are good. Uh, so that's also exciting. And uh, hopefully. This is the first time Jalen Hurts can get over that hurdle uh, and and win at MetLife Stadium and and get all those Giants demons behind him. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But before we dive into the episode, make sure you guys are following us on the socials at Underground PHI, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Underground Sports PHI. Follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia. It's the main pod feed where you get every episode of Eagles Enemies. And, uh, of course, make sure you subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel where you get full video episodes of every Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast uh, coming out of Underground Studios, original content, live streams, you name it. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. Now, without any further ado, let's dive in to Eagles enemies, Eagles Giants week with the man, the myth, the legend, the weatherman extraordinaire, Danny King. All right, everybody, we are back after a couple weeks off with the holidays and everything. Eagles enemies presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia makes its illustrious return. It's the first Eagles Giants week. It's December, mid-December by the time this game kicks off, and there's no better way to ring in Eagles Giants. Then with the man, the myth, the weatherman extraordinaire, the gambling expert himself, John Boy Media's Talking Giants own Danny King. What's going on, man? Welcome back to the show. You know, it's just a fun little tradition now. Just uh, whenever the Giants and Eagles play, we have to go talk ball. But it's just odd that the, this time we're talking, it's not just like one of the teams good, which is usually the Eagles. You're, they're they're at least better than the Giants. Both teams are good, and um, one team is much better than the other team. But it's just very confusing that both teams are at least playing meaningful games this time of year. It's very weird that the entire NFC East is are just playing meaningful meaningful games in December right now. The one year uh, the Giants are good. Everyone decides to be good. Just crazy. Uh, but take me through what has it been like, you know, experiencing meaningful football for the first time in a long time this late in the season, uh, the Brian Dable experience underway. He seems to, you know, actually know how to coach a football team and, uh, the giants are are playing very good football. Yeah. It took what free coaches for them to find someone that seems capable (laughs) of coaching. But I mean, no, I mean, it's been fun actually playing, like watching this team, like 
play meaningful games through October, through November, now into December. But I mean, like obviously they're playing meaningful football, yes, but they're 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 nothing special. I mean, they, not many coaches could win with this team, and the fact that the Giants are seven and four, no, sorry, seven four and one. I have to get used to now saying there's another another number there now because that's how football decides to be in the regular season. But this 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 roster it has its highs, it also has its lows, and most of its highs right now exist defensively. The offense has very much hit a slow point for some reason, whether that's Kafka's play calling and just or just the lack of production from players outside of Saquon and now also Saquon lacking that production a little. But I mean it's it's fun. I can't get overly mad because I did not expect Giants to have a winning record in December. Yeah, Eagles legend Mike Kafka. Um, yeah, <laughs> he was an Eagle. I didn't even know. Yeah, we drafted him. Oh, I think oh, wow. he was part of one of Andy Reid's last draft classes. Wow, great, great pickup right there. Absolute legend. Uh, what are your? Th- I, I gotta ask. Obviously, with him being your guy, still, what are your thoughts on this OBJ carousel? Because apparently, both of our teams are in the mix. I I I find it dumb. Agreed. Like, 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 like I said, I, I'm, I'm young and dumb, and if he wanted to come here, I would have no issues welcoming him back because I was still very bad. I understand that when they traded him, that one dra- of that trade, at least one of those draft picks, has worked out in Dexter Lawrence, Daniel Jones. I mean, I think I think we, he's hit his ceiling. Uh, mainly, I mean, he's a fine quarterback if given the correct opportunity. This is the best opportunity he's been given in years, which is sad to say because it's still not up to par to what he should be, especially playing with the Giants. But if he you just got to work out. If he works out for us, I'd be fine with it. Or if he wants to sign for dirt cheap this year, basically gets paid nothing, and then I'd, then I'd be fine with him as a giant for the next two years because next year seems like when he's more likely going to contribute, not this year. So I don't know why he's wanted this ma- massive deal this year when you're not even going to play. You haven't worked out once. Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he got paid absolutely nothing last year because he got his yeah. uh, whole contract converted to Bitcoin and – we know that how that's going. Yeah, you should literally be happy to take twenty bucks. Like, yeah. I, 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 that should be the deal right there. Uh, it's simple as that. I don't understand why the Eagles are in the mix for him. I, I just don't see from the perspective of where he fits on the field because the Eagles have three very talented wide receivers. Yeah, literally. Like, I, I just don't know where the targets would come, especially with Dallas Goddard like on the mend and should be coming back pretty soon. Um, so I, I don't understand that, Mike Florio. I mean, you have your sources, but who knows? I, I just don't I just don't believe it. I just like I mean it doesn't hurt to like look, but like you said, like what's he gonna do? Right. Unless AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, or Quez Watkins gets injured, that's the only literal way. Yeah, and, and I mean, what are you gonna run four wide receiver sets and yeah. have OBJ out there? Like I, like I don't see it happening. Don't ruin what you got going right now. If if it was like looking desperate at wide receiver, it makes sense. But like you don't exactly. You literally you got literally got a, a GM fired last week for the trade of AJ Brown. It's unreal. That was like creme de la creme. Uh, Surprisingly, though, uh, your guys' GM was not fired for letting James Bradbury walk for free and come to the Eagles and be on the trajectory of being like an all-pro this year. Uh, How painful has it been to watch James Bradbury succeed? It sucks because you knew he was going to succeed no matter where he went. And that the fact it was the Eagles, it also made sense. But I don't – it was like two things. It was like the Giants needed money. They frankly did because they were already struggling as it was. But James Bradbury didn't deserve a pay cut, and he was in completely in the right saying, I don't want a pay cut. And so it was one of those balancing acts where it's like he shouldn't be forced to take a pay cut, but the position we would put it from the inept guy before that didn't know how to frankly run a contract uh, 
contract room. It put us in this position to ultimately force trains Badbury to go. And it, and it sucks now, especially when Adore Jackson is hurt because he was decided to, they decided to put him out of punt returner position. So that's what makes it suck even more. So I'm happy for Bradbury that he succeeded and getting, getting, didn't have to take a pay cut like he was going to as a giant. But it sucks he's doing it for the Eagles and having one of his best years to date. That's what really sucks. Yeah, it's insane. Uh, it's it's finally nice for the first time since, you know, I was in like fourth grade back when the Eagles went to their first Super Bowl of my lifetime when we had a very unbelievable secondary. We finally have that again yeah. uh, with Darius Slay, James Bradbury, hopefully C.J. Gardner-Johnson's back sooner rather than later, and Marcus Epps has been fantastic. How do you see these Giants wide receivers matching up against you know this Eagles secondary that has been high quality all season long and even with cj out reed blankenship of all people a rookie uh comes out of nowhere and has just been absolutely phenomenal for the eagles at safety i'll be honest it's it's, it's probably not gonna be good <laughs> just, uh, <laughs> it's just, i mean there's just no easy easy way around it i mean like darius darius Slate, i understand darius Slate had that massive drop in that washington game and he deserves to be rightly criticized for it but he's been fine he has had a great bounce back year. It's looking like the rookie year that we thought he was going to have. That we thought we would have continued over after that, but it's slowly fallen off. But this coach that actually believe in him. But then after that, it's like, oh, oh God. You got Richie James, who can't return a punt for his life, but it's like sometimes a decent receiver, but not very often. Isaiah Hodgins, I mean, he understands the system better than anybody. So he's he's been a fine addition, a fine pickup. Galladay sucks. I mean, like, he's legitimately probably the worst free agent sign-in of that class. I The worst free agent sign-in I've ever seen, or that I can at least remember the Giants ever doing, because still has not scored a single touchdown for this team, which is, I, I mean, a- actually crazy. I've never seen anybody leave the Lions and get worse. Yeah, it, 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 I, I could I could believe it. I thought coming here would at least elevate him to another level, because he was already good on the Lions. It's like, maybe he'll be even better here, but he's somehow worse. Like it's it's it was so frustrating because I was so excited when he signed and then he turned out just to be a complete waste of money. And I mean, what after, after that is like, where do you go next for wide receivers on this team? I mean, the next best guy is uh, what is Daniel Bellinger, the tight end. He's the one guy that like, if you're gonna worry about, it's probably him because when he has a good game, he can have a good game, and he'll be uh, he's a little more. This will be a second game back since that nasty eye injury. So it's like his targets will only increase, his playing time will only increase. So that's like the one real threat in terms of receiving. And but if Slayton has a good game, that he could easily be fine. But the Eagles secondary, like you said, they kind of got some dogs in there, and I don't think they have the talent to beat the, that secondary. What I'm going to ask you, being the gambling expert that you are, what's the over under the amount of times I tweet at Bobby? Uh, this weekend, big play Slay when Darius Slay shuts down Darius Slayton. It's probably gonna be probably at least free. I imagine. I'm gonna say the over over under at three because I imagine you're not gonna have Slay trail Darius Slay. I think you guys can be like, eh, hey, we're just gonna let whoever over there guard him, guard him, because that's just how bad the drives are. You can play your game, and until someone shows out that they're good, you don't gotta really put one guy on one guy. You guys had to be feeling pretty good up until about a couple weeks ago, too, with the way that the Eagles were giving up rushing yards, and then they just decided to go plug up the hole with Indomitian Sue, Linval yeah. Joseph, Jordan Davis is back. How concerning is that with you know Saquon kind of being priority number one on the offense to create? And like you said, he's kind of hit a bit of a wall recently, but 
how do you kind of use Saquon trying to uh, navigate through this front seven of the Eagles that has been unbelievable all year? That's a question we got to figure out because you look at his last three games against in the loss to Detroit, he landed 22 yards on 15 carries. In the loss to Dallas, he landed 39 rushes, uh, 39 yards on 11 carries. And then last week, he had 18 rushes for 63 yards. But he has two touchdowns in both those games, but it's like he's he's not the same. He ain't looking the same. I'm not sure is it the fact that it's his first time playing a full season since what was it maybe 2019 maybe i could be wrong on that but obviously didn't play in 2020 because the acl 2021 he had the ankle sprain against uh dallas which is still i'm still annoyed by that but that's a story for a different day um he has hit a wall and he's he's reverted back to the same because I, I, I was at the game with justin on sunday and he's reverted back to the saquon that sucked and that's the the guy that's trying to do all these jump cuts go doesn't go north south he just tries to make something when there's nothing there, it's like, just take your yards. That's all we need you to do right now. The, the offensive line is easily the best offensive line the Giants have had in years, probably. And once again, not saying a lot, but <laughs> it's, it's, it is what it is. Cause Andrew Thomas is playing at all pro level. Uh, I hope uh, Nick Gates is playing. I'm hoping Nick Gates is playing center this week. He's probably not, which is unfortunate. Uh, Glowinski is Glowinski is better in run than he is in pass pro. And he's very bad in pass pro, so if you're going to take advantage of anyone on the offensive line, it's going to be Glowinski in that aspect. He just got to run. He just got to put his shoulder down, Saquon. If he can do that, I think he can make something happen because I understand it's Indominus Sue and Linval Joseph, but Saquon still is a freak of nature with what he can do when he's right. And the, the other question is, is he right right now? Because one, he has a neck injury, uh, and so he's questionable. He's probably going to play, but like, w- what's his full status? And two, he just looks slow right now. He he, I think the full season has slowly started to get to him because it's just a different ball game when you actually have to play every single game and be 100%. the offense. Yeah, pretty much put the team on your back. And, I mean, you look at the last three teams the Eagles have played, the Colts, Packers, and Titans. Colts game, Jordan Davis was out, but they still held Jonathan Taylor under 100 yards. Aaron Jones on Sunday Night Football, 43 yards on 12 carries. And then the Eagles' run defense absolutely swallowed Derrick Henry. 11 attempts for 30 yards. Uh, So, I mean, the Eagles' run defense, when Jordan Davis is back, has been absolutely stellar. He clogs the hole. I think before he got injured, the the yards per attempt that opposing running backs had when Jordan Davis was in the game was like 2.6 or 2.7 yards per carry versus 5.8 when he was out. So, I mean... Having a, a 300-plus-pound refrigerator right in the middle of the defensive line helps a ton. Uh, but on the flip side, you know, you see this Eagles offense now finally has weapons uh, across the board with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins. Uh, Miles Sanders is having, like, the greatest season of his career this year. And uh, Jalen Hurts is an MVP candidate. How do yep. you see this Giants defense, which you said has been kind of the the shining star of this team this year and has kept them at seven, four and one in most instances kind of matching up against this juggernaut offense. I mean, that's going to be probably the most fun battle is your offensive line versus our defensive line, because there are some, you guys obviously have a great offensive line. There's maybe like one weak spot. And I believe that's the right guard, but you look at the giants defensive line, the weak spot meaning like he's least not as good compared to the other guys. And he's just just not as – He's not on the par. He's not a veteran. Jason Kelsey. He's he's a second-year pro. (laughs) God, guy sucks. Uh, No, but 
that's that's probably gonna be the most fun battle of the entire thing because Dexter Lawrence is just a, a mammoth of a human. He basically shuts down the run game himself. But then you got the guys like Aziz Oljolari who is coming into his own. Obviously, the big loss this week is probably gonna be Leonard Williams because I'm not sure he's playing because the past he's been did not practice for the past three days and his game stats doubtful. And obviously, if you're doubtful, you're just probably not gonna play. And I just learned that he's doubtful today. Uh, just literally right then and there, I just knew. I didn't know what his full style is going to be. But basically, the defensive line is going to be like the most fun battle of this entire thing because that's where our – oh, and how could I forget? Kayvon Thibodeau is slowly, slowly looking up. Because it was literally funny. On the Dallas game, I said – someone said Kayvon Thibodeau sucks. I was like, yes, the rookie that was just drafted sucks. And then he made – he nailed Taylor Heineke on Sunday, but Heineke somehow managed to hold on to the football. Thibodeau's look great. And – I understand the Eagles are probably going to be able to limit this enough, but if the Giants can take away the run game for Philly, make it not as convenient, and force Jalen Hurts to pass, what hurt y'all last year was the mistakes Jalen Hurts made against the Giants. He's playing at an MVP level this year, but I, I also trust Wink Martindale to throw things at Jalen Hurts that may confuse him because Wink Martindale is not your average defense coordinator. He will send everyone. He can drop people back. He, he can make looks that just give Jalen Hurts some sec- second questions of what he's seeing, and I think that's the only way the Giants can win if we are able to slow down your run game and force Jalen Hurts to like truly, truly think what he's looking at right now because he's at an MVP level. This is the best Jalen Hurts has been in since he's been – uh, drafted and I take back everything I said on him last year. I was like, ah, oh, Jalen Hurts sucks. This guy's a waste of time. It turns out he's just having a baller year. But this is this is the game where if we are able to slow down the run game and force Jalen Hurts to throw, I, I I like the odds of something happening and catch it breaks. I just love that narrative now, especially the way Jalen Hurts has played this year. Like everyone's like, oh, just force Jalen Hurts to throw, and then he goes and throws for 380 yeah. yards on a team's head, and then they're like trying to make up different excuses for him uh, to, to justify him not being an MVP or him not having you know this unbelievable season he's having. It's like every fucking week Jalen Hurts is breaking an NFL record, right. doing something that's never happened before. Because here's the thing. I, I say that. I also would like our odds much more if by a name, by the name of Dory Jackson was played because Dory Jackson was shutting down guys all year up until he had to return punts because we are inept at trying to find another punt returner on this roster. Now our first corner is Fabian Moreau. I didn't know who that guy was up until this year. Uh, you got Darnay Holmes in the slot, who's meh. He's meh at best. And Quez Watkins, that's probably a more favorable matchup for Quez Watkins. Now you look at the other side, I mean, God knows who's going to be guarding Devontae Smith. It's going to be Cordell Flaw, possibly. Basically, if Dory was here, I like our odds of shutting down one of your receivers. Without a Dory here, sorry, maybe not shut down is not the right word. Limit one of your receivers because I think it's hard to limit AJ Brown. Uh, but without a, it's just gonna be a field day. And without a tight end, that's the only thing you're really missing right now is your tight end, which is also weird that the Eagles are quite healthy at this time of year. Usually, I'm used to Eagles having just some unfortunate injury luck. I just don't like where. Our secondary matches up right now without a Dory Jackson, without Xavier McKinney. We're just lacking on all fronts in terms of the secondary. Yeah, I mean, you look at, I think it's a good point, too, where not only is this uh, just another you know game on the schedule, but this is a test for Jalen Hurts, who historically in his career has struggled against the New York Giants. Like, I think this is a game where 
if he can overcome like those past struggles and go out there and play the Giants well, like I think that only increases his confidence in his own gameplay because it's like, okay, I finally got over that mountain of like I haven't been able to perform against the New York Giants. Yeah, this is like the one game he just has to have to like cause obviously he beat the Giants. You you guys did beat us at the end of last season. But that was also at the length. He he's struggled very much mildly last year. But like, we only beat you guys by literally a touchdown. No, sorry, less than a touchdown. We didn't even beat you guys. It was like you just had to kick an extra point to win the game. And it was – he just – that was against Patrick Graham, who was another quality of the quarter. That's why I, if there's anyone else I trust, I trust Mike Martindale to maybe have some fun with Jalen Hurts. But he could get too aggressive with Jalen Hurts, and then Jalen Hurts just goes out and, you said, drop maybe drops like 300 yards on our head. Because we were talking about last night. We are like, if this game – if the Giants cannot keep this within like a field goal or a touchdown, the game's probably over. It, it probably realistically is, unless they the defense just shuts you guys down in the second half. This is the only way because I just don't see a world where our offense could keep up with your offense if you're clicking on all cylinders. It's just, it's just not possible. And I think having Wink Martindale in your guys, you know, back pocket where he's familiar with mobile quarterbacks, he knows you know kind of the tricks of the trade of how how to like game plan against them from his time in Baltimore and, you know, working with Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think that's a, a benefit. And I think that's just going to be more, I think that's the ultimate chess match in this game more so than like, you know, Dable versus Sirianni. I think it's Jalen Hurts versus Wink Martindale. Yeah, I think it is as well. But you know, I also think about it because I, I remember saying this, someone saying this, and I just want to confirm that I'm right when I look at this. Yeah. Uh, Brian Dable would literally at Alabama with Jalen Hurts. So that's another guy. Actually, Jalen Hurts is a much different quarterback than he is now. He's much improved from his time in Alabama, from his time to Oklahoma, from his first two years in the NFL to now. But Brian Dayball could easily know some things about Jalen Hurts that maybe Jalen Hurts doesn't even know about himself because Brian Dayball obviously probably saw what Jalen Hurts had, and he could easily relay that information to Wink and be like, look, this is what he's going to do. If you could force Jalen Hurts to, like, just not like truly think and just like revert back to what he had to deal with last year at MetLife Stadium, then I like the Giants odds of winning a close game. But if he's just able to drop 300 yards on your head, then there's nothing you could do. There's nothing you could do. And I don't like the odds of us slowing down anyone, whether that's AJ Brown, whether that's Devontae Smith, whether that's Quez Watkins. The only guy I think we could slow down is Miles Sanders. Outside of that, I don't know who they could slow down. Yeah. I, I've said that for a number of teams where it's like, I'm shocked, like me personally, having watched Miles Sanders since his rookie year, like it's very surprising that no team has been able to kind of figure him out this year. And he's just on a, a career season trajectory. Like before this year, Miles Sanders hadn't scored a touchdown since December of 2020. And then this year, he's just finding the end zone like twice a game. It's unbelievable how like dynamic he's really evolved into in this second year. With Nick Sirianni, I think that's across the board for so many of these guys, including Jalen Hurts, who finally has back-to-back -back seasons of the same coaching staff for the first time since he was in high school and his dad was his coach. Um, so I think that's been beneficial for this Eagles team as well. But when you look at, you know, trying to pinpoint a matchup that you're mostly looking for on the field, what do you think is, is going to be one of those kind of X-Factor matchups uh, whether it's, you know, Giants defense versus Eagles offense or vice versa, that is is really going to be a sticking point to either team winning this game. I mean, it's just going to be when Jalen Hurts drops back to pass, it's the pass rush. If they can make him 
uncomfortable, but uh, also a mobile quarterback has also hurt the Giants at times this year. But the one guy that's been able to break down centers has been Dexter Lawrence, and this is probably one of the toughest centers he'll be going up against the, the great Jason Kelsey. Uh, so I, that is just going to be the pass rush. Can they force Jalen Hurts out of the pocket and force him to use his legs? He already loves to use his legs. I'm not saying he doesn't. But can they force him to not feel comfortable in the pocket and have the time to throw? Because when he has the time to throw, he'll just pick you apart. If he doesn't have the time to throw, that's what it could lead to these mistakes. So it's if they could slow down this rush and get a pass rush going. That that's the real true matchup. Because other than that, what what other fun matchup is there going to be? Like, there's no no Eagles wide receivers going to have a fun matchup against the Giants. It's basically just going to be, but all though can have a field day if they so choose. Offensively, Giants receivers can't go off any again. You guys, because our guys all suck basically. Uh, I mean, maybe Daniel Bellinger could have a little more fun on the the linebackers, but that's just not much because pass protection has also been a problem for the Giants. Like Evan Neal's still a rookie. Andrew Thomas, as of course, is playing at an all-pro level. Uh, the, the, it's going to be a defensive battle for the Giants, and if they can't keep the Eagles within range, it's gonna, just going to be another long, miserable day at MetLife. And for the first time, I think, in my life, the Eagles have a legit linebacker core. Yeah. And it's unbelievable. Um, how do you kind of see this Giants offensive line, like you mentioned, has been playing very good this year? How do you see them kind of matching up against this Eagles pass rush that does feature, you know, that interior defensive line we mentioned, but then also on the outside, you know, you're Brandon Grahams, you have Josh Sweat, who's having a, another fantastic season in this defense, and then the linebackers with Hassan Reddick, uh, Kaiser White, Nicobe Dean getting in last week, and he looked fantastic. Like, I feel like this Eagles defense, for the first time since, like, the Andy Reid, Jim Johnson era, has, like, unlimited amounts of just ammunition to throw at people from all directions and it's kind of wild to like experience it but how do you see the the Giants O-line matching up against the Eagles pass rush well like I said Andrew Thomas is Andrew Thomas it, it, it's gonna be hard to break him if you're able to break him then you just had a monster of a game uh left guard's probably gonna be Nick Gates because Josh is the guy the player they drafted out of I think he's North Carolina this year he's out so I mean I love Nick Gates Nick Gates came on the scene as a guard, that's when we discovered him. That was 2019. We were like, hey, this guy, Nick Gates, is pretty good. It turns out Nick Gates is not only one of the great Giants players right now, he's just a great guy, but he's also pretty he's pretty good at his job. But he, he's, we like him better at center uh, more than Feliciano because I think Jones and uh, Gates just had the better connection. Feliciano is meh. I mean, he knows Brian Dable's system, and he knows what Kafka's running. So that's why he's playing center right now, but I'm not a big fan of him. I mean, pass rush, Glowinski is so is so god-awful. He's actually just awful at what he does. Like, I, when I was watching the game on Sunday, like, just being able to see the off the line, just literally see Mark Glowinski get bullied. It was actually embarrassing to watch. I was excited when they signed him, but now he sucks. And then Evan Neal, he, obviously, this, this is his second game back, I think, maybe. No, this has to be. I could like, hang on. What game back is this for deal? This was his first game back uh, last week. So and he played five last week as well. Basically, if, if bully Glowinski, you'll most likely get to Jones. If you bully Neil, you'll probably get to Jones as well. Because Neil, I still give much leeway to because he's a rookie. Like people freak. That's the one thing I hate. This is another complete different rant. But people like get mad at these rookie offensive linemen. It's like, bro, one, it's their first year. Can we please give them time to grow? Like literally, just look at Andrew Thomas. It's not going to happen overnight, people. Once Evan Neal settles down, I think we would have two of the top tackles in the league. It's just when does Evan Neal settle down? But I mean, you guys will probably have a field day on the offensive line, especially the right side with Gawinski and Evan Neal. If you bully them, 
you're, you're just going to make Sunday for Giants fans hell, literal hell. And I know this is a, a primarily Eagles show, but if you know myself and if you know Danny King, we have another rivalry. Phillies fan, Mets fan. Free agency has been kind to both of us. Uh, how do you, How do you feel about your New York Mets? I feel much better than I did a few days ago. Because when DeGrom signed, I understood what was happening. I accepted this reality back in March that he wasn't coming back. What sucked more was him saying, like, oh, I came to Texas for a championship. It's like, bro, please just say you went there for money. It's understandable. We did not offer you the money. We get it. But there's no shot you're saying they have a better chance of winning a championship than we do. That's the point. And then we signed it. It was basically like, you know, when you break up with someone and you rebound right away? That's literally what we did. We're like, oh, no, we lost to Grom. Justin Verlander, do you want like $86 million? Yeah. So that's basically how that went. And then I would have been more devastated if Nimmo left. And Nimmo was overpaid easily. Oh, yeah. But when Judge signed it, he was the only guy left. But I would have been more devastated if he didn't leave. So I, I'm, much, I'm in a happier spot right now than where I was. And I know we're not done because money's just not a problem for us. Money's fake, basically, for the New York Mets. And it's like they're so far over the tax. Just keep spending. <laughs> what are they going to do? Yeah. Just keep penalizing you? Okay. Seems fake for the Phillies, too. Trey Turner, uh, we got your guy, Taiwan Walker. Talk to me about Taiwan, because I've been a Taiwan Walker fan from afar since, like, 2016. Uh, how, how how do you feel that another Mets free agent pitcher is going to Philadelphia? Now, like, when when I watch, I love Taiwan Walker as well. Don't get me wrong. But, like, Taiwan Walker, he has that thing where, like, he kind of slightly falls off the second half like he has a good first half then he falls off the second half that's probably not gonna happen this year for some reason because he's a philly now be like oh i pitch good for all games every single season every 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 half first half second half i was i was mad that he left i saw the deal i was like i'm not comfortable giving tywell walker that deal without knowing i get a full season of tywell walker being good but he i mean he's a great guy like not like besides the baseball aspect he's just a really cool dude i love following him on social media and i remember he gave some kid like some tickets that like he'd mm-hmm. never been to a mets game before and i thought that was pretty cool so he's just like a good guy and i imagine he'll do good for the philly community but trey turner being a philly sucks because i already just don't like bryce harper i don't <laughs> but trey turner also bullied us for years as a national and then when he left i was like oh thank god i don't got to see this guy anymore now he just signs like what an 11 eight year deal with y'all 10 year deal 11 year 300 11 million just to bully us for at least eight of those years probably just being good and then whenever he plays the Mets he'll do good but I mean the Phillies at once I mean they're going to be good again I mean we got David Robertson and so I'm excited about that that's a pretty goaded sign by us but I mean it's just gonna be another bloodbath battle of where Phillies Mets are just right there at the top who's going to take first place and then from out of left field the Braves are going to just go on the run of the century and just rip first place from your arms. That's basically what's going to happen. Yeah, they'll have more, you know, double-A prospects come up, turn into Literally. superstars, and then they'll sign them to 14-year, $90 million contracts. And, and oh, don't forget, they give that 1% to the Braves fund. It's like, what yeah. the hell is the Braves fund? Where is that money going? Can we investigate this? It goes into bloopers back to tank. It might be. It might be, because I swear that thing is a fraud. Blooper is a uh, is a test tube fanatic. Is what I, uh, when I tell you what heard more, I, I legit had to get on social media after the Mets lost because of Blooper in the playoffs. I, I couldn't stand him. He's what broke me mentally as a man. I was like, I'm my team is getting bullied by whatever the hell this mop is. Yeah, that thing is just. I mean, his social media is fantastic. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, I I personally think the division now the NL East is going to come down to Phillies Mets again, which is very fun. I mean, that's the great thing. That's like all like 
Philly sports teams, especially the Phillies and the and the Eagles, right now are looking up. Uh, I don't watch basketball, so I don't know anything about. Sixers. Yeah, we, we we try to push you, them. Oh, to you the push side them right flies now. are good. I hear the flies are good, which is which is fun. Yeah, maybe in a different uh, maybe in different. a different universe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm friends with a uh, kid that loves Philly sports, and he was telling me the flies are good. This my this was weeks ago, so I'm talking out my ass. Oh yeah, but they they've been on like a 12 game losing streak. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, Typical no, but, flyers. Yeah, but I mean it's just f- fun that. The Giants are looking up. The Mets are looking up. And I mean, I don't. I, I, my hatred for the Eagles still stems more. And I, I don't like, I mean, I'm not liking the Phillies as much right now because I'm like, damn, they're going to be good as well, which is not fun. But I mean, just like when both teams are good, it's fun. It creates fun rivalries because when they both suck, it's boring. Yes, 100%. And you're going to, you're going to love D Rob. And I hate that he's a Met. I, I quote tweeted the, the MLB tweet. I was like, ick. I don't like that. Um, it was funny. I, 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 I made fun of him because I, 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 I was looking at my Phillies. I was like, is this the guy that strained his calf when he celebrated? He was like, yeah, I clown that guy. I was like, oh, you know, I mean, it happens to the best of us mid-celebration. You know, I, he'll, he'll learn from it. But I remember when it happened, I was like, this loser, he strained his calf. Yeah, old man D-Rob. Uh, and you guys got Quintana. Exactly. That that made up for Taiwan. And yeah, I was like, okay. Another quick, quick bounce back. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be fun. I can't wait for Phillies Mets already. Not that, you know, I haven't been enjoying football season, but that run the Phillies went on. Oh, yeah. Like... Usually I, I don't, I'm not supposed to care about the Giants right now because I suck and I think about the Mets. That was the weird thing. Like with the Giants season start, I was like, wait, I still got to care about the Mets. I'm not used to like wanting to watch baseball. So now I'm like, wait, I'm not used to still wanting to care about the Giants. Because like at this point last year, I was checked out. I think Glennon might have been in at this point. It might have been Mike might've Glennon. Been. And I remember that 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 mentally broke me as man every time. I remember being in Florida, and I was like, I'm gonna watch the start of the Giants Bears game. And I think the very first throw, Glennon fumbled, and I was like, I'm gonna go to the beach now. I think I think this is my time. <laughs> uh, and Danny, as you know, always have a fun final question. Uh, and speaking of the beach, speaking of your uh, being the elite weatherman you are, if you had to pick a Giants player post career to uh, pick up the meteorology gene. Who do you think would be the best weatherman on the Giants? <laughs> I got to pull up the depth chart to look at this. For some reason, wait, wait, no, where's the roster? I need to see photos of each one of these guys. I need to have a photo. For some reason, when I'm looking at it, I feel like Julian Love. He just seems like a really smart dude because he went to Notre Dame, so obviously he's smart. Uh, he just gives off this, the really smart guy genes that he could do whatever he wants. And if he really just put his mind in the meteorology, because I feel like he could find that interested, I feel like he would be great. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the roster right now. I mean, just based off of career trajectory, it might be Kenny Galladay sooner than later. That's true. Yeah, he's uh, he's not that he's not that smart either, because uh, I mean, he doesn't need to worry about anything after this. He could just retire and live a glorious life because he ripped the Giants off of seventy-two million dollars. He could just go be a weatherman in San Diego. Literally, just like go go work with Rob Burgundy and be like, "Hey, I I suck at my day job, but I'm rich as hell." Because I also hope he texts Dave Gellman every night saying, "Thank you, thank you, thank Dave, you. thank you, thank you." <laughs> he's he's gonna be the one guy that wants to push for Dave Gettleman to get in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Probably, it's, it's that guy sucked at his day job, and the fact they let him retire with grace pissed me off. And they, in that in that press release, they're like, "Help the Giants to their uh, 2007 Super Bowl." I was like, "No, no, 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 no." I was like, "That man's name is Jerry Reese." 
Jerry Reese got them that Super Bowl. You could argue Ernie, of course, he assisted, but it was not Dave Gettleman. Oh, it's great. Long live Dave Gettleman. Uh, and he's, his he's in Greece. Boys. Someone go find him. He's in Greece. Someone go find him. And his computer boys, the the Nintendo Wii characters. Bro, is that? Oh, we should have been so good such a long time ago. <laughs> Dave Gettleman is the cause of uh, the the TikTok guy dropping the emotional damage line for every Giants fan everywhere. Literally, it was it was years of suffering, but it's at least finally looking up. Hopefully, it's looking up. If Ryan Dayball grows hair and he slicks it back next year, I, I am I'm done supporting the team. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. That's how Danny King quits the Giants. Uh, Danny, let everybody know where they can follow you on the socials and uh, check out everything you're doing for Talking Giants. I mean, yeah. I mean, the socials, it's just my name, Danny King underscore underscore underscore. It's free underscores. You might ask why three underscores because Bobby had two, so I went up to him in terms of underscores there. I like that. It's, it's, just, it's just I just have fun on my social media. Like, I, 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 try, I take it seriously sometimes. I also just have fun with it. And then the preview shows, I understand it's an eagle thing. And usually, last year, there were more jokes the preview shows. This year, it's still somewhat like, we got to use brain power. I'm not, giving, <laughs> I'm not giving the weather report from the Middle East anymore because, like, they're good. And I haven't had to break that out. But, I mean, if, if they, they give good analysis, Bobby and Justin. And if you needed more in-depth than what I gave, they do fill breaks down and all those things. There's also JM Football, which they're also running now. But Talking Giants, they, that, that, that's the – that's the meat of what they do. So if you need good giant stuff, go watch them. Yeah, go check them out. They're doing fantastic stuff over there. Danny, it's always a pleasure having you on. The tradition continues, and oh, uh, thank you. Sunday's going to be a blast, man. Uh, yeah, for, for someone. For maybe not all. <laughs> Shout out to the homie Danny King for hopping on the show this week. It's always a blast. And like I said, it's a tradition like no other having Danny on during one of our Eagles-Giants weeks. So, Make sure you guys are following Danny on the socials, and it's always fun talking Phillies Mets with him as well, which we did uh, because Danny and I just have a unique, friendly Philadelphia-New York rivalry friendship. But, Eagles, just get the job done, keep things pushing, and uh, I'm looking forward to another Eagles dub and another victory Monday on the horizon, but... uh, that's Eagles enemies this week, baby. Make sure you guys are following us at Underground PHI Twitter and Instagram. Follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. Subscribe to the podcast feed, Apple, Spotify. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let me know how you feel about this Eagles-Giants matchup. And, of course, subscribe to the Underground Sports Philadelphia YouTube channel. You get full video episodes of every podcast coming out of Underground Studios and all the original content, live streams, you name it. It's going to be on our YouTube channel, so go subscribe. YouTube.com slash at Underground Sports Philadelphia. But that's another episode of Eagles Enemies presented by Underground Sports Philadelphia. I'm your boy KB. Shout out to Danny King. And you guys know the deal. We'll be back next week for Eagles Bears. But until then, it's always Go Birds! Go Birds!